You guys are hilarious. All right. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dan Kirk. I have five kids. All of them are here with my beautiful wife, Angela. Right. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Love you. Love you too. <laughs> um, we work, well, we moved down from North Carolina. I was pastoring a church up there. Uh, we moved down here in Janu on January 1st, 2017, to help Pete Brockup start Envision Atlanta. Uh, we work uh, mostly in Clarkston, which is a little town just 15 minutes away from here. Uh, some of you uh, know this, but some of you probably don't. Clarkston is uh, only one and a half square miles, but it's home to 14,000 refugees. Uh, they've identified over 150 people groups, and of those people groups, uh, around 90 are unreached. Uh, and it's our vision in Envision to plant a thousand house churches in our first 10 years. Right now we have 11. So we have a big task, but we have a big God, amen? Amen. I was feeling a little discouraged uh, during the month of December. And uh, I was praying, I think it was Christmas Day or maybe the day or two after Christmas. And uh, I was kind of having a little pity party for myself with God. And God took me to John chapter 4, to this verse where Jesus tells his disciples, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white unto harvest. Lift up your eyes, Dan. I'm giving you new vision. And, you know, I hadn't even thought about it, which is good because if I had, I would have thought, well, I just made that up in my mind, that this is 2020, you know? And since then, I've heard several people, oh, yes, this is the year of vision. But before I ever put that together in my own mind, the Lord said, this is the year where I am lifting up your eyes and you're going to see the harvest. And I'm going to send out more laborers into my harvest field. Watch it. Watch what happens. And so that's what I'm trusting. And that's really the, the soul of my message today. I can remember a time that I was on a ski lift uh, several years ago. I love to ski. It's my favorite sport. I grew up in western, western Pennsylvania uh, skiing most weekends. And... Uh, the Lord was speaking to me this, this particular time because there, there was a, a really thick fog. And uh, as I was riding the ski lift up the mountain, all of a sudden, I came out of the fog. And I saw the stars just blazing in the sky. And I looked back over my shoulder, and, and there was the... The, this cloud just covering the base of the mountain. You couldn't see anything. And the Lord began to speak to me and say, Dan, this is what I'm doing in your life. I'm bringing you out of the fog. 
I'm bringing you out of just focusing on the physical realm and I'm giving you spiritual eyes to see what I see. In this passage in John 4, I believe that we can say all missions flow out of an encounter with Jesus that opens our spiritual eyes. You see, as human beings, we're all in a fog. We need our eyes to be opened to the spiritual realm, and only Jesus can do that. We need Jesus to give us kingdom vision. And when he does that, there's three things that he changes that I, I, I think we could see in John 4. He changes our view of ourselves. He changes our view of him. And he changes our view of the mission, of, of our calling. And so let's look here at John chapter 4. In this passage, Jesus leaves uh, Judea where he was ministering. He was, he, his disciples actually were baptizing people. And he decides he's going to go up to Galilee. Now, Galilee is north, and so on the way, he passes through this village, Sychar. It was a Samaritan village. And he, there's a well at the, the, the outskirts of town, and so he sits by the well while his disciples go to get some food. And uh, while he's sitting there, this Samaritan woman comes and to get, to get some water from the well. As she's dipping her bucket, he says, give me a drink. She kind of bows up. Why are you a Jew asking me, a Samaritan and a woman at that, for a, for a drink? And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she said, sir, you have nothing to, to, to bring up water with. You don't have a bucket. How am I supposed to get that living water? Jesus says, and she, then she brings up uh, her nationality, some national pride here. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well? Jesus says, the water that I want to give you will become in you a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. At that point, she says, hey, give me some of this water. And here's where Jesus puts his finger on, on her identity. He cuts through all these layers. And he says, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying you have, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true. Many of us here are just like that Samaritan woman. We have wounds. We have things we've done. We have a past. 
But I want you to see in this passage that it's this Samaritan woman who's had five husbands, who's, who's not, not married to the man that she's with now, who is probably labeled in her village as the village prostitute. This is the woman that he makes the evangelist. She's the one that goes into the village and says, hey, come and see this man who just told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? When I applied for my first short-term mission trip in college with Campus Crusade for Christ, I was very honest on the, on the application. And because of, I was honest, they, they asked in one section about sexual purity. And uh, I had not been pure. And even very recently to the time that I filled that application out. And so when I heard back from them, they, they rejected me. And I can remember when I got that call saying, you're, you're not going to be able to go on this trip. It was like they stamped failure on my heart. And God, God is so good to us. Last week when Pastor Fred was preaching on how God uses our weakness and in our weakness, he shows himself strong. I, I came down and was kneeling right here at the altar. And I hadn't honestly thought about that in, in a while. But God brought that all back to mind. And it was like he was saying to me, I'm washing all of that away, Dan. These past three years, he's been washing all of that that failure, that red failure on my heart away. And you know what he's written in its place? Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Amen. I, I work with a, an Ethiopian pastor. His name is Tegalandado. He came to the U.S. over 20 years ago. He's actually been in Clarkston almost 20 years and he's planted several churches, but in every one of his church plants, another pastor has come in and then pushed him out and taken his church over. He was so paranoid about this that when we first met, he said to me, people, people act like they want to serve you and then they just come in and take over. He had wounds. And frankly, he said that to me, as he said that to me, I could tell. He was sizing me up. He said, here's this white guy, missionary, coming in to take over my church. But praise God. God has been knitting he and I together Amen. as brothers in Christ. Out of relationship, trust has been built. And in fact... Pastor Tegai and his church are going to be the first church to meet in our new building that we have now in Clarkston with Envision Atlanta. 
He's my brother, and I will fight for him. We are working together in Christ to advance the kingdom of God in Clarkston. The Apostle Peter wrote, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This is Peter, the one that denied Jesus. Now he's saying you are chosen. We've been chosen not because of our greatness, but frankly, because of our weakness. I love how Eugene Peterson brings this out in his translation of 1 Corinthians 1. He says, I don't see many of the brightest and best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. <laughs> Everything we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've received a stamp of failure from an organization or a pastor or a spouse or a friend. We need an encounter from Jesus. We need to ride with him up the ski lift and let him take us above the fog and give us vision. Mm -hmm. Give us eyes to see ourselves as he sees us. An encounter with Jesus changes our view of ourselves. An encounter with Jesus also changes our view of God. You know, the, the Samaritan woman was a religious woman. She says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus says to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. The hour is coming and now is here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus reveals the Father to this woman. She was concerned, is, is God waiting for me here? In this mountain, is God waiting for me in Jerusalem? Jesus says, neither. God isn't waiting for you at all. He's seeking you. Young people, God is seeking you. He's seeking you. Are you listening? He wants to open your eyes and show how mighty 
he is. One of my favorite things with Envision Atlanta is to see the people who come on teams uh, get to know God as their father, as their healer, as their courage. As I train the, the teams in evangelism, I often ask, is anyone here terrified to do evangelism? A few honest souls always raise their hand. And I say, well, you're in good company. Have you ever read in Ephesians 6 where Paul says, and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. <laughs> you don't ask people to pray for boldness if you're not feeling some fear. Even the Apostle Paul, yes, the great missionary, he needed kingdom vision. He needed to see and know that Jesus was with him, that Jesus was his courage when he felt afraid. God drove this home to me shortly before we left North Carolina. We were having a, a church supper. It was actually on my birthday. It was on a Wednesday night. And we were having this supper because that particular Wednesday night, John Stumbo, the president of the Christian Missionary Alliance, was going to be doing a simulcast prayer meeting. So we decided, well, we'll have dinner together, which food always draws people. And uh, then we'll watch this simulcast together and join in this prayer meeting. And so we're eating, and Andrew runs up to me and says, Dad, Dad, the grumpy old man, he's here in our church. And I said, no way. Are you sure? He says, yes. Yes, he's here. Now, I got to tell you, this grumpy, we, my whole family knew this guy is the grumpy old man. And he, he walked around our neighborhood every, every day with this same look on his face. <laughs> he had his little vaping thing that he would vape. and <laughs> I would wave hello, and uh, he never acknowledged my existence. And so every now and then when I was passing by this guy, and I would say hello, and he would just continue on his walk. I, I would pray for him, Lord, open his eyes. I don't know what's wrong with this guy, but he needs you. And just short prayers. And um, so here this guy is now in my church. So I go up, and, and uh, I say, hey, my name's Dan. I, I didn't even know his name because he would never talk to me. And um, he came and sat down, and we started eating. And I said, so what brings you to New Hope Alliance Church today? And he said, well, I was reading this book, and the author was talking about how God created the whole universe. And he said, suddenly, I realized I had such a small view of God and I was worried about so many things 
and I was angry about the politics and, and other things. And suddenly I just saw God was so much bigger than all of that. I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to be angry. Wow. And then in the simulcast, there was a song that they played that one of the main lines was, when I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. And I can remember it, the, the sanctuary was dark. We, we were watching it on a video screen and everyone was looking forward and I just knelt in the back of the sanctuary and I was weeping because God had taken the grumpy old man who I considered an enemy and now he was my brother. That's what God can do. That's what only God can do. And that is what He will do if we will allow Him to open our eyes and give us kingdom vision. An encounter with God changes, or an encounter with Jesus changes our view of God. Amen. Let's ask the Lord this morning to give us a fresh revelation of the Father. Maybe your God is too small. Maybe your God isn't big enough. Remember, he created the whole universe. He put every star in place. He made every planet. And he made you and me. We don't have to be afraid of anything. Neither man nor circumstance. Because our God is able. Yeah. And lastly, Jesus, an encounter with Jesus changes our view of our calling. Now here's where the disciples come into this story. So they've been, they've been gone getting food while all this has been taking place. And they come back and ask, ask Jesus... Uh, Master, come on, take something to eat. And Jesus says, I have food that you guys don't know about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish what he's given me to do. And as they were asking themselves, what? Who gave him food? Then he, then he launches into this uh, speech about the harvest. And he says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. You know who was laboring? The woman at the well. She was planting seeds. She was telling people, hey, come and, and, and see this man who told me everything I did. Yeah. And, you know, it says, it says it as a question. I think it was more of an ex exclamation. This is the Messiah. 
They needed kingdom vision. They were worried about food. And Jesus was lifting their eyes to see. And I can just imagine the crowd of Samaritans coming as Jesus was saying, lift up your eyes, look, see, the fields are white. They're white on the harvest. Here it comes. Get ready to bring them into the kingdom, boys. As Jesus reveals, as Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, reveals himself to us, he reveals his heart, his mission. This awakening to Jesus' mission, we've given it a term in Envision Atlanta. We call it coming alive. And it is a joy to see our staff and our volunteers come alive in Christ. We met a family uh, a while back, originally from Congo. They had fled to a refugee camp in Tanzania. And uh, they had, there were several kids that were part of this family. But in particular, there were three middle school boys, David, Dennis, and Thomas. And uh, David, Dennis, and Thomas got to go with their friend, Fruisha, to summer camp with us this past summer. And uh, Enoch Johnson was interning with us. Now, Enoch was very similar to me in that he had, he had done some things in his past that he regretted. And he felt like, man, God can't use me. But because we asked him, he went. And he found, as he was ministering at camp, that, that the boys kept coming to him and asking him questions and the Lord was giving him answers for them. And then other people began to come and, and ask him to pray for them. And it was like the Lord started lifting Enoch's head and said, look, look Enoch, the fields are white under harvest. Quit groveling in the dirt. Lift up your eyes and look. I've brought them to you. Enoch came alive. And perhaps is still coming alive like the rest of us. Amen. It's, he's been bringing these boys uh, every week to, to youth group here. And he, he and I are, are now partnering together for, with a small group that has these boys and several others as we've started a new youth group in Clarkston. We had, uh, what, 26? 26 kids this past week at our youth group in Clarkston. And these guys are part of it. Praise God. You know, amen. This past Wednesday, we were talking about healing prayer in youth group. And David, one of the boys, came up and prayed for me, prayed for my foot. And as he was praying, I just, I, I, tears were coming to my eyes as I thought, here, 
here is this young man who's, who suffered so much coming and praying for me. That's the kingdom. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Because not only in me and Enoch, but also in these boys, he gets to be glorified. They become ministers. That's the kingdom. That's kingdom vision. Jesus said, <clears throat> Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's kingdom is growing. It is expanding. Oh, we, have the, we hear all of these negative things about the church. The truth is God's kingdom is expanding. Yeah. And he wants to open our eyes to that. It says the, this gospel, Jesus said, this gospel shall be preached to every nation, every people group, and then the end will come. God wants to use every one of us in fulfilling his mission. As we encounter Jesus, he shows us the lost and dying world and gives us his love and compassion Amen. for the lost. Let's receive that today. Amen. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it says, Go... Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Was that just for the disciples, or was that for us? Uh, I can't hear you. Was that for the disciples, or was that for us? Us! Us! Yes! You know, I used to hate altar call, missionary altar calls when I was a kid, and I never understood why. I think I didn't want to be fake. And I didn't want to commit to something that I didn't feel like I could follow through on. But in truth, every one of us is called to reach the nations. Amen. It's not an option. This is, this, is, this is on all of us today. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Amen. It's not just for the disciples. It's not just for missionaries, you know, overseas missionaries or Clarkston missionaries. It's for all of us. And it's time that we all get in the game. And it has been my prayer that God would open your eyes. That God would show you who you are. How he's made you. That God would show you who he is. And that God would open your eyes to the calling that he's put on your life. Go and make disciples of all nations. Every Christian is called to make disciples because God our Father is the Father of the nations. Is He not? Because Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. 
And he's purchased people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation with his blood. Because when, it says, when, when the Spirit comes upon you, uh, he will give you, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And because our calling and our mission are in Christ. We need the Lord of the harvest to give us kingdom vision. So Lord, would you come now would you come now? Thank you, Lord, for living water. Oh, Lord, some of us have been drinking from the wrong well. And we don't even know it, but we're so thirsty. Oh, Lord, reveal our thirst to us. We can't even do that on our own. Lord, reveal our thirst and give us living water today. Show us who we are. Wipe away those stains. Turn our eyes from our past to your future. Show us who your Father is. And Lord, show us our calling. Jesus, Jesus, we need you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.